0: Welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Nigel Desmond. So, I am so excited. We've been getting excited this week. Um, We went and saw our new venue again, and we measured out um, for um, our plans and everything. And uh, we we literally went away and had a staff meeting this week, and we just began to dream about some of the things that having this new venue gives us the capacity to do. And uh, we've come up with all kinds of ideas. We're thinking of potentially from 11 to 1 each day, having the venue open um, for anyone to just come and just be with the Lord. And uh, we're just going to set it up as uh, as a soaking center. You know our dream that we've always had for about... 20 years now, um, to build a place of His presence. Um, A place where people can come at any time and encounter God's manifest presence. And so, we're going to be setting that up and one of us will be there um, each day. And uh, then we'll also, of course, have um, functions in the evening, um, whether it's worship night for the young adults on uh, Thursday night. Bible school is going to be happening there. Um, We're going to start um, soaking. We, We thought even we can have days where we take a different mountain you know the seven uh, the seven mountains of influence in society and we just invite people listen if you if you're from the teaching uh, mountain or education come let's just soak together let's begin dreaming together let's begin declaring over the mountain of education in south africa and uh, and start just exercising our faith so we're so excited about the uh, the potential of what this new va- uh, venue can do and you know the thing is we just see that God is moving in our midst. God is moving in our, uh, in our midst. And uh, we've been seeing some exciting things. I was just uh, sharing with my group last night. I had the privilege of praying with a young lady. And we, uh, we, um, we went out to a worship event out in the And um, it was actually so much fun. I hadn't seen this happen in quite a long time. But as I laid hands on this uh, young lady, uh, a couple of demons manifested and had to leave. It was so exciting. Yeah, I just, I just love that, yeah. you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's just so much fun seeing people get set free. It Re- uh, really is, you know. And so I really enjoyed that. And also the other fun thing was her leg grew out. She had one leg shorter than the other. We prayed for her leg. Her leg grew out about an inch and her back pain left. So all in all, it was just a really good night. Um, anyway, um, as we are growing, as we're moving, we began to think about how we want to build together because we don't want to go back to just doing church in the old way. We don't want to go back to just doing church where, you know, there's a rose and we come together, we sing together, we, um, one person speaks, one person um, um, does most of the work. I went into ministry because the Bible says in the book of Ephesians that if you're in the ministry you equip the saints for the work of the ministry, which means that it's my job to get them to work. I thought, gee, that sounds like my job. You know? <laughs> um, so, but that's what it actually says in the Bible. So I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. But we we believe that God wants us to be a leadership factory. I, I believe that we are raising leaders. That Part of the call in our lives, what God has said, is that we are raising an army of joy-filled lovers. Now, John Maxwell has a saying about leadership. He says, leadership is influence. And every single one of us has influence. You, uh, in fact, they've done studies, and they say the most shy, retiring person will influence something like 35,000 people in their life. Sure. That's a lot of people that you're influencing. So... But I I heard something this week that I thought is an improvement on Maxwell's statement. He said, leadership is influence that you've taken responsibility for. Yeah, that's good. Leadership is influence that you've taken responsibility for. And, you know, if we live cognizant of the fact that my life is influencing the world, we can actually make a bigger impact than we can imagine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we've all had the experience where we will meet someone um, years down the line, and they'll say... You know what, that moment there, when you did that or you said that, that really marked me for life. They really changed me. You know what, I think we need to live cognizant of sowing those seeds for the future. That, you know, it's surprising how just a, hey, how are you doing? A hug, uh, uh, giving someone a hug or going over to a table and saying, you know, giving someone a word. Those moments can change people's lives forever. And we want, to, we want to live like that. Your life has influence. Use that influence for the kingdom. Make your life count. So why are we doing this? Because I believe the Word of God says that in this last days, He's pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. That the, uh, the, um, the Spirit of God is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Now, I thought I'd do a bit of research into that scripture about the waters covering the sea. And <clears throat> I went down to the beach and I, to check how the water covers the sea. And you know what's amazing? The water covers the sea completely. Yeah. This, is, this is a huge revelation. You might want to write this down. <laughs> um, it's probably a new thought to you. Um, but when you go down to the beach, there aren't holes in the sea. You know, well, there's land. Yeah, but that's not the sea. And you see, the point that the Lord was making when He said that, that He's going to pour out His Spirit in such a way that uh, like the waters cover the sea, he's going, to co- he's going to pour it out on all flesh, on everyone and on everything. We, we sometimes have, a, have a more faith for the coming of the Antichrist in the church than the coming of the kingdom. And that's a tragedy. That really is a tragedy. When, you know, I, on Facebook with the start of... Um, the start of the uh, Ukraine uh, war, so many Christians are on there saying, "Well, oh, this is it. This is the war between Gog and Magog. It's the end of the world. The Antichrist is, uh, is coming. Or oh, the one world government has provoked this. And I'm getting all these messages from people who've got absolute faith that this is the sign, the sign of the end times, that it's all, uh, all going to come to a nasty end. The only problem was the same people send me the same messages with the outbreak of every war and, and the tragedy is, is we we invest our faith in bad things to come but you know what there's so many promises in the uh, in the word of god about god bringing his kingdom about pouring out his presence on all the earth and that's what we should invest uh, invest our faith in so um with that in mind i want uh, we want to build in such a way that each of us takes responsibility for the influence that we have that we self, uh, self-consciously say to ourselves, you know what? The influence I have, I'm going to be a leader for the kingdom. You were born to make an, uh, make an impact. The people around you, maybe, maybe you say, listen, you know, I'm really shy, etc. Well, you know, I that's one thing I haven't been accused of. I've been accused of many, many, many things. But shyness is not one of the things that I most commonly get um, accused of. However, interesting thing is, is that, and this is shocking to me, my, in, my personality puts many people off. <laughs> I have got myself into so much trouble just because I do arrive and I'm like, Hi! You know, and I was like, oh, who's this guy? And, you know, and I will normally make friends with most people, but there's normally a cluster of people hiding in the corner, like, keep that guy away from me. <laughs> Listen, you quiet people, you have a mission. <laughs> Go and make them feel comfortable. <laughs> you know, the, the reality is we all connect with different people, and we all connect uh, differently. So don't, don't, you, don't allow the enemy to disqualify you from the call of God on your life because your personality is not like some, uh, someone else. Amen? Leadership is not personality. Leadership is just influence that you've taken responsibility for. Turn with me in your Bible to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 7. Okay, actually, let's read from verse 4. Okay. There is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called, in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. I want to stop there and just... I want to... What's the word you think that's being focused on here? One and all. It's absolutely amazing the emphasis... I mean, when you write and, you know, whenever you get taught to write, the one thing you are, that gets drummed into by creative writing teachers is don't keep using the same word over and over again. You know, find another word. Um, find another word, you, you know, because it gets boring, gets repetitive. This is bad writing. And yet Paul, who's actually uh, recognized as being an amazing writer, he just hits all, all, all. All, all, and one, 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 one. Because he's really majorly emphasizing this thing, one and uh, and all. But then, and then he goes on and he says, "But to each one of us, each one again, that's another form of all." Paul, uh, Paul obviously. Hey, each one. That's that's all. Uh, let's change up the all. Each one of us, grace has been given to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, "When he ascended on high, he led cap- he led captives." a host of captives, and He gave gifts to men. Yeah, I'm going to leave, uh, leave the brackets. I'm going to go to verse 11. And He gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain, again, there's that all, to the unity of the faith, and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, but uh, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by, uh, by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So it's, it's really amazing. God has put together the body of Christ in such a way that the end goal that He has in mind, He has a plan here and it speaks about bringing us to a place of maturity, stability, unity of the faith, and knowledge of the son of uh, son of god that's god's uh, god's plan but unfortunately when we don't follow his plan it, it says here that we will be like children we will be unstable we'll be tossed back and forth um we will be tricked we will uh, be carried about by uh, by uh, doctrines by uh, different doctrines how does that happen that happens when we're not doing the all part you see it's, it's interesting, it's got the all the, uh, the part here, it's this, the mindset that we need to understand that we all have access to one body, one spirit, one, uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is uh, over all and through all and in all. Unfortunately, so often in the body of Christ, we've had this two-tier mentality to Christian, uh, Christianity there's the professionals and then there's everybody else there's the men and women of god and then there's everyone else and some sometimes unconsciously the message is given is like don't try this at home only allow trained <laughs> professionals to do this you know and and the reality is that's not god's plan god's plan is for all of us to be on the field playing the game and uh, when we don't do that what ha- ends up happening is we settle for an immature Christian faith. Yeah. I, 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 can. I remember when I was early on in the ministry, um, when when I was in my twenties. Any crisis happened, we got caught. Pastor, I think someone's got a demon. Come, come, cast it out. And I'd run and I'd go and cast, cast out the demon or try and cast the, uh, out the demon. <laughs> I, I remember this came to an end. This this mindset where I started realizing this one, one night. I got a call at two o'clock or so in the morning, lady phoned and she said, Pastor, my husband, he's drunk and he's got a gun, help! And I jumped out of bed, called one of my elders, we were like uh, 22, 23 about that, and we're driving into the township and we looked at each other and said, what the heck are we gonna do? He's got a gun! And he's drunk. And, you know, there was a point where I realized, hang on. Maybe I'm not meant to be doing everything. The reality is, is that the body of Christ is built in such a way that all of us are called to care for one another. That if we don't do that, if we're not all saying, you know what, I'm anointed. I've got access to the Holy Spirit. I can pray for people. I can prophesy over people. That if 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 someone's discouraged, oh I hear oh sister Susie's discouraged. Phone the pastor. Pastor's gonna go around. No. I know Susie's discouraged, and I'm a sister. I'm gonna go around and pray for her. Amen? Amen. And where we take responsibility for one another. And the result of that is is a mature faith. And you, you see, when we don't do that. What ends up happening, we put so much power into the hands of the professionals that we do get, we are unstable. In the sense that, man, any new doctrine, wow, that new teaching looks exciting, and we're over there. Oh, that's exciting, and we're over there. And that's exciting, and we're uh, we, uh, we, uh, we, uh, over there. Because we actually are literally dependent on our faith, to a small group of people. Who actually. Their job is actually meant to be. Equipping us to do the works of the ministry. Amen. So. What do we do in order not to do that? Well the Bible says that he gave gifts. He gave gifts to men. What are the gifts that he gave? God goes on. And he. Delineates what the gifts are. The gifts. Funny enough. Are not gifts of the Holy Spirit in this context. The gifts. The gifts. people he gave he look here it says he gave some as apostles some as prophets some as evangelists some as pastors and some as teachers the people are the gifts and they're given to equip you for works uh, for the work of the ministry so um, Do 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 you hear to care for people. So when God, God sends apostles. Now, what's the job of an apostle? The job of an apostle is to pour out apostolic grace on the people of, uh, on the people of God, on the church, that all can move in apostolic grace. If I go, but let, let me take one that that's maybe clearer. Prophet. What is the, the, the job of the prophet? The prophet is called to pour out prophetic grace that all might prophesy. You see, the, the prophet is not meant to prophesy over, uh, over everyone. For one, it's exhausting. Two, I've never ever met a prophet who's that accurate that he's, or he's got a word for everyone at all times. It's not meant to be like that. But what's meant to happen is the prophet is anointed to train the people of God to hear the Lord for themselves. Because that's where you grow in maturity. That's where you become mature. Is when you hear God for yourself. When you're not having to depend on, uh, on everyone else. What's the, the pastor's job? The pastor's job is not to pastor everyone, but to equip us to look after one another. To pastor uh, one another. To love one another. To reach out to one, uh, one another. To have a word of encouragement. Uh, even uh, a, word, a word of teaching. The, uh, the teacher does the same thing. The teacher instructs from the word, so that you can instruct from the word. Amen? And uh, unfortunately, so often we've taught people, oh, don't, no, 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 don't presume, don't presume. You let the professionals do this. I've been a professional all my life. I'm just as scared as you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, you know, in 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 my early professional pastoring life, I can remember, you know, there's that, uh, what's it, the the, the fear of, what's, what do they call it? That fear of being discovered as an imposter. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, I, imposter syndrome, yeah. It's like I was just waiting for someone to say, ah, you're not a real pastor. And I was like, oh, how, how did you, how could you tell? How could you tell? But actually, the reality is I was a real pastor, called of God, anointed of God to do, uh, do my job. But it's just, That that all of us suffer from the enemy's attack, assaulting us and saying, "You can't do this," but we can, and we're called to. And so God gives us uh, these gifts. So it's really uh, it's really interesting. Um, It says some. That's the contrast. It's all, and it's sunny, it's some to do this, some to do that. We're not all called to be in the ministry. Isn't that good news? Yeah. Isn't that great news? You know, and and it, uh, being in the ministry is just one other function in the body of Christ. Yes. And you know what? If we were all in the ministry, my gosh, what a boring thing that would be. What a terrible thing that would be. But when God's administration was set up, and in Ephesians 1, verse 10, it says that God has set up an administration fit for the, uh, this time. So maybe you want to uh, turn to that. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. I love this. It says, he made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His kind intention, which He purposed in Him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of times. That is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on, uh, on earth. So to sum all things up in Christ, like we saw in, uh, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, where we just read, it says we all being built up into one, uh, one head. God set up an administration to enable that to happen. What is an administration? It's like, you know, your government administration. The, the plan of a government administration in a well-functioning uh, uh, country, um, sometimes it doesn't work as well in different parts of the world, is you, you say the government takes uh, taxes back, and then that, the administration is meant to get that back out to the poor or to the projects, etc. God has an administration in His kingdom. And, and part of that administration is the fivefold ministry. So God releases apostolic grace to apostles that that apostolic grace, the grace to pioneer, to break through, to move in the miraculous, to think from heaven to, uh, to earth. That's the, the apostolic mindset, moving from he- uh, uh, heaven, uh, heaven to earth. That grace is meant to be released through the apostles to the body of Christ that we can all think and move like that and prophetic grace same thing evangelistic grace man I, I used to cop out and say all the time he say I'm not an evangelist I'm not an evangelist not my job St. <laughs> Chris over the Street, that's awesome Billy Graham but then I began to see no actually I'm called to receive ap- uh, evangelistic grace because I am called to reach the world that actually I can be just as effective if not more effective um than someone in the evangelistic office because some of those evangelists are never going to get to the people that I get to speak with. Amen? And so that's, uh, we all get to place. And you know, two things I've noticed. Leaders come up in clusters in the kingdom. And I know in my life, I had certain, certain pastors who impacted my life for sure. But actually, the people who impacted my life the most in my walk with God were normally my friends. There was the people next to me who during the week would, you know, we'd go to church together and we'd do stuff uh, together. But they were the guys saying, hey, nine, Whoa, whoa, what's that, buddy? <laughs> you know, those are my, are my mates. And they're still my friends to this day. I've got a group of friends. We're all over the world now. But we get together on, uh, on Zoom. And they're still just the same. They will tease me. They will, uh, they will mock me, uh, mock me, et cetera. But when we get down to the things of the, uh, of the Lord, they're there. To encourage me and say, "Hey Nigel, have you forgotten what the Lord said?" Um, Or they'll say, "Hey Nigel, do you remember the promise of the Lord? We saw this in you thirty years ago. Now you need to carry on living that. This is who you are, Nigel. This is who you've always been. Stop listening to the uh, lies. It was so. Leaders come up in clusters, and so we're a cluster." And we're going to make uh, other clusters okay. because it's the people around you who impact your life most profoundly. And the, the second reason is, and this is probably one of the most key things. I think if COVID taught us anything, it's this. There are some things you can replace, but connection you cannot replace. Mm-hmm. You know, you know we just had worship from our worship leader, Hugh, Hugh Tube. Um, that, that was just for the people who came first time because they've never heard that I like that joke um, um, so you know you can get great worship on YouTube um, you can get great sermons uh, downloads, podcasts from any church in the world just at the touch of a button um, you know you literally can listen to Bill Johnson preaching in Bethel in real time here, uh, here in South Africa um, or hill songs, or any uh, anyway, but the one thing you cu- uh, couldn't get was real connection. And the body of Christ grows when every joint supplies. And listen, that's not not a drug statement. A, a joint is where one member of your body meets another member of your body. That's it. Talks about relationships. You grow in relationship with others. And. And if there's no joints, your body can do nothing. We hope you have enjoyed this message from Nigel Desmond. For more information, please visit nigelandebby.org.